Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. And a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. Beautiful weather and beautiful skies like this makes it hard to decide what you're going to do today. There's a simpler time back in 1895. You'd either go take care of the farm or you'd go down with the rest of the residents to celebrate the coming of the Santa Fe Railroad. And what was the year? 1895. Oh, wow. Yeah, it would Making have been its a little way different. Into Phoenix, eventually to Wickenburg, and now the Wickenburg Santa Fe Depot is actually the home of the Chamber of Commerce, fully restored, nice little uh, chamber building right there in the middle of downtown. The train still goes right by it, um, and it's but it stopped uh, serving as a depot back in the '60s, I believe. It was like, 1969 was the last passage of it. So that's uh, Wickenburg, Arizona, feature of our staycation this month as our winners of our monthly staycation. We'll be traveling to the Flying E Ranch next week. We'll also be interviewing the Flying E Ranch as well. Uh, Wickenburg was once, and I, I think still is when you look at the Arizona Dude Ranch Association, the, the hub of dude ranches in Arizona. There's 13 total dude ranches on the association, uh, but Wickenburg has three of them. And it's the densest population in the tightest circle. So I, th- I think they could still hold that name. I, th- I think it's the most setting, too. You can't get real close to city life. You're just really out there enjoying the quiet. So if you want to kidnap your kids and take them to a place where you can visit, that's a good place to go as a dude ranch. The dude ranch, or you can make your way down to Rancho Rio today for the NTR National Team Roping Tour. They have their finals going on today. Uh, they're paying out thousands of dollars, and I mean, to the tune of 27 f- for the winners. They host, they gave out, uh, there was an article in... The Team Roping Journal, it was over a million that they paid out in December. It is the Team Roping Hub of of Arizona, and Arizona is the Team Roping Hub of the winter. Everybody comes down from the cold countries, the snow countries. Uh, the amount of arenas and throughout the entire state provides for opportunities for ropers everywhere. In fact, Stan's on Brennan from Rosie on the House, his cousin, f- who's down here from Mont- uh, uh, Washington, Walked away with a check for that uh, for a couple thousand Monday at Simpsons Arena in Wickenburg. He was showing me the picture. I said, "Well, what, what, what was that taking?" He's like, "I don't ask those questions." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a lot of things. It may not quite equal the uh, output. <laughs> uh, by the time you had the horse, the travel, the right uh, horses are expensive. <laughs> Not he, the buying him, just the keeping him. I, I don't want to know. <laughs> but he uh, he walked away. Uh, right now in Scottsdale at the Prada del Sol. Rodeo's going on at Westworld. I pulled up the website just out of curiosity and standing first, uh, right as of now, or, or last time it was updated, uh, Jake Barnes is leading in the team roping. You may know him. He's a Hall of Fame cowboy. He was inducted in 97. This is 20. Two years ago, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Wow. And he's still out there, and he's leading uh, the Prada del Sol in the team roping right now. He's a seven-time 
uh, NFR champion, and he's most notably known for his 1994 NFR world champion, where he and Clay O'Brien Cooper finished their 10 steers in a combined total of 59.1 seconds. That record still has not been broken, and you may, if you've ever seen the movie Cowboys, you saw Clay O'Brien Cooper. He's from Rye, Arizona, south of Superior, and he was Jake Barnes' partner through those seven championships, so Arizona ties there. And Right now, standing fifth at the Prada del Sulligan, according to the most recent update, is in Arizona team. You've got Nick Sarchet, a third-generation Arizona, along with uh, Richards out of Camp Verde area are standing in there at 5th. So if you'd like to see a little bit of uh, rodeo adventure this weekend, you can see an Arizona team out there at the Parada del Sol. Then if uh, you're in Tucson, Arizona, you've got the Wild Wild West Steampunk Convention going on at Old Tucson's this weekend. <laughs> I looked at that. I, I don't know it's that a different that's breed, for Romy. me. I don't think that. I can't see you there. No, I see with your cowboy hat or baseball cap sitting in the stands at the rodeo. But next weekend, they do have their Spirit of the West fest mm, where they've got trick roping they're going to uh they've got a weapons expert going through the gatlin guns that at the time of uh you know when old the old west was being tamed uh all kinds of uh they've got a, a showing coming up where they're going to be uh, a nighttime showing of rio bravo one of the movies that was filmed on site at old tucson studios it was it was originally built in the 40s for the movie Arizona, and they've had, uh, but they've had recordings. Okay, the gunfight, okay, the gunfight at the OK Corral, the last outpost, which was featured Ronald Reagan, uh, was filmed out there. Gene Autry uh, was in the round, the last roundup was filmed out there. Winchester with James Stewart. So if you've not made your way to, if you're a movie buff, especially in Old West, and you haven't found your way to the old Tucson studios, that would be something to do. Or if you're traveling, you got to be aware of some road closures that are going on from all this runoff and talk, visit with us about the amount of runoff that we're going to get and what that's going to do to our Arizona waters. We've got the manager of the water surface water resources, Mr. Charlie Esther from SRP on the line with us. Good morning, Charlie. Hey, good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Rami. Hey, we just, um, you know, there's... We can do all these wonderful things in Arizona and keep inviting people because we, we do have water, and that's thanks to SRP and the CAP. And it's, everything's kind of top of mind this year with the um, Arizona Department of Water Resources and the, the lower basin drought contingency plan that's being worked on. I think everybody's kind of tuned in to what is this snow and this rain event from the winter going to do for us as far as our, as our d drought cycle. Boy, that's the, the million-dollar question, of course, and we are just so happy here at, at SRP and probably everyone is throughout the Southwest that's in the water business because after last winter's record-breaking low, an all-time low in the amount of runoff received, this winter is simply like night and day. I mean, we've gotten a bunch of precipitation, a lot of snowpack, which we'd prefer snow over rain. And we are now getting a lot of runoff into our reservoirs. For example, Roosevelt Lake, our largest water supplier for the Salt River Project, has gone from 40% full on January 1st to 57% full right now. And if I can really wow you on the Verde, we were only 30% full at Horseshoe and Bartlett combined, and we are 100% full now on the Verde. Wow. You know, let's let's step back for just a second. I think most people are familiar with the CAP and the Colorado River. 
just give a brief description of what of what water that SRP manages. Okay. Well, I, maybe we should step back all the way to the watershed and where our water okay. actually come, where our water actually comes from. And everybody knows how beautiful the Flagstaff area and Alpine, all the way to the White Mountains and up to Williams and so forth. That's kind of like the Phoenix playground for going up north. But that's also the source of our water. Uh, when rain and snow falls across the, those forested areas and flows into the river system, it eventually makes its way down the rivers into our reservoirs and is first captured on the Verde at Horseshoe Reservoir, and it's first captured on the Salt at Roosevelt Reservoir. From there, we can manage the reservoir levels and release just about the amount of water that we want to use here in the valley, what our demand is. And so essentially, when you use water at home, whether to, to do your household chores or water your yard, you're actually watering with snowmelt. The vast majority, even in this desert climate that we live in, the vast majority of our water comes from the melting of snow in the mountains. Wow. And so um, there's, and it even goes deeper than that. So you have the water in the reservoirs. And then um, if, if that were to happen to overflow, we have um, the recharge areas, uh, basins underneath. And then, That's- yeah. You know, that's a really good point. Uh, we don't just rely on surface water, uh, but historically, if you look at these drought cycles that we get into and out of, when we get into a dry period, we do rely more heavily on groundwater. And one of the great benefits of a year like this, when we do have to spill water, and we understand it's a great inconvenience on those that are affected by it, uh, but when the reservoirs are full and more is coming in than we can use, Literally, there's nothing to do with it but to let it flow downstream. But it's not wasted, and that's the beautiful part of it. When it flows through the Salt River here through town, a great majority of it will actually infiltrate into the groundwater aquifer, and it's available for us to use when we get back into these very, very dry years. And something that really fascinated me is that the study that was done was looking at samples of of trees and it was a 1,500-year period where this 20-year drought cycle is pretty typical. Oh, that's the scary part about this. Uh, we commissioned this study with the University of Arizona Laboratory of Tree Ring Research, and they've just done some wonderful work here in the Southwest uh, with these recurring droughts. And would you believe that the current drought that we're in, which is in its 24th year, by is... is uh, anticipated by many experts that it is the worst drought in the entire tree ring record. Oh, wow. So this, this drought that we're in right now is worse than the one that caused the collapse of the Hohokam Empire here in the Southwest. I mean, when you consider that and think that we now have several million people living in the valley and we have not had an interruption in our water supply. And I think that is a great tribute to the way that SRP and the Central Arizona Project manage water and work together to bring people the precious resource that they need to live because you try you can't live here in the valley without water it is pretty amazing so much thought and then there's also not to go into detail but then there's the reclamation aspect of water so we don't we don't waste a lot of water you guys have all worked really hard to make sure that every drop is used or preserved or saved in some in some way 
that's really true. And I think the we need to call out to the cities too, because they're really the ones that have been at the forefront of reusing any wastewater that's produced. You know, SRP and CAP provide the the bulk water supply to all of the the cities, and then when the cities are done delivering it to their shareholders, they they collect it back and process it, and then it's used once again. And I think that is really the key to making our water supply last. If you're out and about this weekend, just be aware that McKellips Road between Almost School and Loop 202 are closed. Portion of Gilbert Road between 87 and Thomas is closed. And 67th Avenue, that one doesn't sound like it's a mess, but that between Broadway and Southern, I can tell you, it's probably going to be a mess because they've already got 10 torn up for the for the bypass that's going around South Mountain. So if you've got that artery cut off now, so plan a little extra time. Small don't drive through the pay. water. It- <laughs> yeah, 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 don't get... Um, we Char- shouldn't have to say this. <laughs> Charlie, I think we should have a regular segment. I, I'd love you to come back on because, you know, I think almost afraid to um, talk about how good it is because we, we, we do have a lot to, to go through still and we can still do better at saving water. So, hey, thanks for joining us early this morning. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And I would love to come back on. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. True or false? Wickenburg founder Henry Wickenburg was a Norwegian explorer who, exhausted from his trip through the desert, found the little seep, what's known as the Wickenburg Hacienda Preserve today, and rested for a while. After resting up and noticing a number of passengers in need, he opened up a supply stop there and ultimately came to the founding of Wickenburg. If it's true, text T to 411923. If you think it's false, text F to 411923. At the end of the segment, we'll take all right winners aside and pick a random winner for your state parks passes. We've got two passes that we'll mail to you. Good for any one of Arizona's 35 state parks including Buckskin Mountain State Park over on the Colorado River near Parks. You're a little late for the Ringside Fire uh, storytelling last night, but if you left now, you could make it there in time for the 2 o'clock ice cream social. You can download the State Parks app and help put together your Arizona adventure. Uh, or, you know, hit Alamo Lake. Well, that's one of the closer ones to Wickenburg. And one of the six state parks that the state park picked for wildflower viewing. Wow. Hope you're out enjoying those. Hey, you know, we're talking about water this morning. Um, and we're not a political show, so it's not a political water story. But we wanted to kind of update everybody on what, what's known about this current event. But also, I just think as homeowners... That, we, yeah, we, that Arizona ring tree study is yeah, fascinating. That is fascinating. But I think as on a practical level, people want to know, what can I do? So just kind of cruising around looking for things. I met... A gentleman, Steve Ward, we have him in studio uh, on phone with us this morning, and he owns Arizona Water Pool, Pool Water Recycling. Sorry, I butchered you, Steve. I'm sorry. Good morning. Do we have Steve? He should be on the line. It's so I know they're fighting a little technical glitch in the back, so I don't think his phone's potted up. So we're just gonna stick him on hold until we can get. Uh, get his module hot on the other side of the line. Not, they're not even looking at us right now. <laughs> okay, you hang in there, Steve. Our producer's so hair's there, on fire, actually. There's no one right answer to solving the water. There's a lot of combination of answers. And you were talking about we don't waste a lot of water. We as a state, our SRP, our municipalities, you see a lot of waste. I'll give an example this morning of a certain 
apartment complex somewhere around the northern uh, and uh, 16th Street whose sprinklers were watering the concrete this morning. Nice. That's a huge waste. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not even sprinklers that need to be on right now. We've had so much uh, rainwater. I mean, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. There might have been a justification for a little light watering here and there, but there's plenty of things that we can do as homeowners, as uh, property managers, uh, daily water consumption. And every little bit of reduction or savings just adds back to uh, a reduction on the strain that we put our state through for our water resources. He had mentioned that this drought we're in ended the ho-ho-cum, or, or this drought we're in was greater Similar, than the one yeah, that ended yeah. mm-hmm. the ho-ho-cum. And I don't know how many uh, ho-ho-cum there were. But I can tell you there wasn't 8 million. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're yeah. supplying water to 8 million. But once they were dry, they were dry. And I, it really does make you proud, you know, when you really study and, and look at the – he called it the water business. I thought that was interesting. You know, I don't think about it as a business. We think it as survival, right, and just want to be responsible with, with the resources we have. So, it, you know, if you're interested in the stories, um, Arizona Water – Arizona Department of Water Resources has great – articles and and keeps you up to date on this contingency plan and stuff and there were some interesting things that they had put together about pools and spa you know a seven mile an hour wind will evaporate will create 300 percent more evaporation on the pool so putting in a windbreak whether it's a physical structure or a tree or a line of oleanders whatever the case may be if you can create a little bit of a windbreak you can prevent evaporation pool covers are great for the prevention of, of evaporation. He also talked about if you have splash troughs to make sure that those troughs drain back into the pool. And did you know you shouldn't overfill your pool? It says... Because it overflows? <laughs> oh, well, well, I mean... Yeah, well, because you splash more out. Oh, okay. So like if you put it all oh, the way up yeah, to the, yeah, to the yeah, lip, yeah. you know, and I do that sometimes. I, try, I have to set the uh, timer. <laughs> so that's just one of... Uh, One feature, we're going to try and see if we can't get Steve back on in the next segment. We also have an interview with an inventor of the Epiphany Showerhead out of California that Mom found at at the National Hardware Show. So that'll be one more feature. And the answer to the trivia question is false. Henry Wickenberg was German. (gasps) And he was a gold prospector (laughs) coming over from the California gold rush. And it was the purchase of the vulture mine and a need for the mine workers to live that led to the establishment of the town that he named after himself, Wickenburg. <laughs> the tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. Well, I think we're going to have to break our own rule here. Generally speaking, we don't award uh, a winner. If it's somebody that's won within the last 12 months. But David of South Phoenix was the only one that knew that story was a hoax. <laughs> Everyone else said true. Must have been a heck of a story. It was, it was a, if, if, if it wasn't true, it was a good story, Rums. <laughs> <laughs> I thought nobody's going to get this. We were just talking about Wickenburg last week and uh, the, how the vulture mine started it all. I thought, uh, but apparently it, it was a, a believable story. Yeah, Henry Wickenburg was a German. In fact, the, what used to be the Wickenburg Feed Company, before that was a German uh, club that I, I tried eating at a couple times, but it was always packed. And there's a couple places if you're down Main Street, you're like, that's a strange place. Why is it for a German flag to be flying? What's that all about? Well, <laughs> you know, a little bit of the German heritage left from Henry Wickenburg. 
That's cool. Hey, we have Steve Ward on now. I think we can grab him up. Let's see here. Steve? Good morning. Success. Hey, nice to, nice to have you on with us. Steve is uh, Arizona Pool Water Recycling Company, is your, is your baby. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit, Steve? We've been talking about water conservation this morning and just the management of water in the state, and now we're kind of transitioning to what we can do as homeowners to, to help with the drought situation and to be responsible with water. So you have a pretty cool product. Absolutely. Uh, we've... We've been in the business for nearly 20 years, and unfortunately, as part of the pool service industry, with all the swimming pools that we have here in the valley, we occasionally need to drain the water, and we have very little options other than to throw it away. Uh, a couple years ago, I stumbled across a option that is built in the San Diego area. And it is high-pressure reverse osmosis filtration, which allows us an option to purify the water, extract all of the uh, calcium, total dissolved solids, salt, cyanuric acid, all of those things that we typically would drain a pool for, we can actually strip out through the reverse osmosis process and salvage the majority of the pool water. Okay, so I can see one application. We have an older pool, and so uh, we really can't drain it without, because it's time to replaster. We could get another year out of it if we could just get the water tuned up. So if you have an older pool and you don't want to risk chipping that plaster or whatever, so the water stays in the pool the entire time, right? You're not pulling it all out and putting it back in. The the water stays constant in the pool. That's correct. Uh, Oftentimes what we hear from customers is, it's compared to like dialysis. We will take the water little by little out to the trailer mounted system and we'll purify it and put it back right to the pool. So we try to set the valves inside the trailer so that the brine waste that is carrying all the contaminants out that we don't want, the salt and everything, uh, to match the makeup water from your hose bib on your Oh, Steve, hang in there, buddy. <laughs> it's one of those mornings you should just like, can we start over? Yeah, reset, <laughs> recharge. I did watch their video on their website yesterday, and his comparison of that to a dialysis is very accurate. Um, and you can't even swim while they're doing this. It's a very slow process. It takes 8 to 10 hours. So you never notice a real big influx in the water uh, level in the pool, and there's no reason you can't swim while you're doing this type of dialysis. Well, it looks like the only limitation is they have to be able to get within 300 feet of your pool, so they have to be able to pull them back probably with their equipment. Um, and it is high pressure, so, you know, you think of osmosis at your home, it can take a really long time, but this is a quick, um, uh, you know, it's high pressure, so it's quick as far as trying to cycle through 20,000 uh, gallons. If you want, if you're interested in Steve's um, service, it is Arizona Pool Water Recycling. He has a website and also a phone number, 480-826-2612. So, um, yeah, I apologize, Steve, for, for not being able to keep you in the conversation, but it really is the 
the testimonials are about how clear the water really is. And he says it can be as clean as drinking water, but I don't they know. They even showed the kid <laughs> drinking out of the water coming back from the truck. <laughs> yeah, so it's really good stuff. So, you know, you're... Um, you can call him and ask him about pricing, but you know you he you don't have to re- pay for a replacement of water. Plus, he does all the chemicals. Well, and many of the municipalities require a permit to drain it. You wouldn't need a permit for this either. Oh, now, very few people ever do that, but a lot of them technically you're supposed to pull a permit. And don't you hate seeing water trickle down the street? <laughs> Bad stuff. No, no reason for that. Now. We're going to try to bring Carrie on the line. Okay, let's see how we do it, Carrie. <laughs> Carrie, are you there? I am. Oh, Good morning. Great. Well, let me give you a little intro. Um, we've been having some electronic demons this morning, so uh, we want to make sure you were there before we start our conversation. But Romy and I went to the 2013 National Hardware sh- Show, and we just had a blast. It was my first time. Romy had been before. Uh, we got back on the plane to come home with armfuls of really cool stuff to share with our Arizona homeowners. Um, and in the process, I met Carrie Dunkey Jacobs, and she is the um, the the heart and the and the um, vision and the mission behind this Epiphany showerhead. So it's a it's the original one uh, that we saw in 2013 was a little um, piece that you would put between your showerhead and your wall, uh, kind of an attachment. And it what it the basic concept is if you're not standing right under the shower, like if you step back to shave a leg or shampoo, you know, soap up your hair or whatever, the water will diminish. So you're not wasting, you're not just throwing water down the drain when you're doing something, you know, that you don't need the direct water for. So at that point, Carrie, why don't you tell us, so that was 2013, so are you in production? Uh, not quite. Not and, quite. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, people have asked, like, guys, we want your product so bad. What's the EPA on that? And I said, you know, it's amazing when new technologies become available, um, we're grabbing those. uh, And we're actually now working on our sixth generation. So the fifth generation, when I last spoke with you, has been marvelous. It's been in service for a couple of years. We use it for beta testing and also just to learn more about how smart and um, and effective we can make this device. So um, we're in a big funding raise right now. We're really excited. We are expecting to be in manufacturing before the end of the year and on target to have them delivered before Christmas, at least to our very early customers. And so um, one of the biggest things about any kind of smart home product, of course, it's IoT connected, so it works with all these you know, smart home devices. Uh, we call them the mothership, like Amazon's Echo and uh, I mean Alexa and then uh, Google's Echo. Um, and it's the way now that we can capture some data that's really important for consumers to understand what their water use is and being able to track that. You know, I, and I think that's kind of the dilemma of our day is that things are happening so quickly. How do you release something that's that's up to date? I have a nephew who's in the, um, you know, he's just an engineer. He's bright. He's he joined this this group that was going to invent a new way to charge your phones. And the big concern was, hey, somebody's going to get this out before we do. And so, Carrie, you've been working on this since 2013. Aren't you afraid somebody's going to take it before you get done and you've invested all this time? How have you protected your investment of time and, and knowledge? You know, Jennifer, you bring up a really good point. So, um, so you know the history, and I'll share it just in case there's a listener out there. Um, by the way, Arizona, we've got your back. <laughs> Water challenges so so much, and it can be just so uh, frustrating. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
so yeah, I had this epiphany back in 2009, and um, it took a while to get it all flushed out and to bring some people on board because, you know, we were basically starting a brand new category in plumbing. And so you create something out of nothing, you try to get it going. It, it does take a while. Um, I just kind of looked at where would a product like this be really desirable and where would, you know, somebody want to be making this. And so our, our intellectual um, property, we, we did this really strategic uh, thinking and we had it patented. We applied for patent here in the U.S., which they've been issued, uh, Japan, Australia, Canada, uh, we're working on Europe, the Middle East, uh, and Asia. Uh, and that's just to cover, you know, yeah, cover our, our fannies and, and make sure that we lock that up. And for a couple of reasons. One, we really want to protect the integrity of the product. Two, we know that um, we have really high standards for how a device should be made. And we want the product to always uh, be, you know, the highest quality uh, and, and the highest tech that we can deliver to all of our consumers. So the patent strategy for sure is in place. And and then on, honestly, I've got all the faith in the world. You know, this has been kind of a God thing for me um, uh, and, then, and for our team. So from having the original Tiffany to all the way, you know, to today, uh, we've just run on absolute faith and doing our diligence and just, you know, doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's all coming together. It's all now, coming together. Now, knowing you, I would assume you'd, you'd probably try to get this done in the United States of production. How's that? What is your desire oh, yeah. in that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I come from a family of uh, very proud immigrants, and, um, and um, yeah, it was a big deal for us to have this made in the U.S. And uh, when Just, we do the numbers, when we worked with our, our contracted manufacturers or, who are actually in Kentucky, uh, they were just so happy to say, you know, we can work with you. And we looked at the numbers, and they were so competitive. And the advantage of doing that, many, one, put our people back to work here, two, quality control, and three, when we did the numbers, boy, they were just as competitive as if we had offshored it. And the advantage is they're right here in our backyard. You know, I can FaceTime with them. I can be in person with them. And, and they have the same agenda. You know, they want to turn out quality products and, you know, put people back to work as well. And um, I just really appreciate that. I was visiting with a gentleman yesterday who said his wife loves this website. I I won't give it mainly because I don't remember. But it's where you go on and you find cheap stuff made in Asia and knockoff kind of stuff. And that's the only place his wife will shop. And I thought, well, that's really rotten. And so we were talking about those little um, vacuums that go all over the house. And, you know, they they last a couple years. Well, she buys them from... China for a fraction of the price, and they last a couple months. But it's worth it to her. But it, the, what short-sightedness that is. Filling up the landfill. Yeah, filling up the landfill. And I told him, I, I said, you know, it's really hard for me to shop for my son because he wants everything made in America. And if you if you really have that vision, it's not that easy. So I really do appreciate the extra time and effort you're putting into that and controlling this product because it is a neat thing. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, and Romy, your generation, you know, is really getting it. You know, and our, your mom and my generation, I've... Uh, I believe we have, you know, we've said we're kindred spirits, and I really believe that. And, you know, we have a heart to leave this planet, you know, better than, you know, what we inherited. And I'm grateful to, you know, relatives who, who've taught me from a very early age. My great-grandfather was the ranch in San Diego and learning about groundwater at, at an early age and just being good water stewards, right? We want to 
to do our part. And, and Romy, your, your generation is saying, oh, my gosh, look what we're inheriting. How do we fix all that? So, you know, at Epiphany, me, my team, our families, we're all about being part of the solution. We don't want to <laughs> add to this problem. Right. So I'm, I congratulate you that, you know, you see that and you're being active in choosing products that are made here in the U.S., but they are thoughtful products. And, you know, what we want to bring to the table in addition to that is bringing intelligent products that deliver luxury, you know, and performance um, without compromising, you know, our environment. One more option to save water here. The Epiphany Showerhead coming soon. It Wait, we'll keep you posted. We'll just keep having, we'll check in as many times as it takes, Carrie, and we'll, we'll let them know when it's out. Tuned up and rolling. It's the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. The wildlife of Arizona today is a little different than it was. They say, estimate, you know, over 10,000 years ago, there were mammoths as tall as 13 feet roaming parts of southern Arizona, along with giant beavers and grizzly bears. Even camels and bison were known to uh, artifacts have been found throughout southern Arizona. Some, If you've never traveled south to southern Arizona, if you're leaving the Phoenix metropolitan area, you're actually going up an elevation, and then as you go up and into the hills and the mountains and the valleys, it becomes very picturesque, and it's a great place to explore and travel throughout Arizona, and it is our travel hour. If you're looking for other things to do, we'd mention a lot of things in the way of rodeo events, but if that's not necessarily something you're looking for, but think about what, what are we going to do this weekend? You can get over to the License to Eat contest going on at the Aoli. Very good. Aoli Gourmet Burgers. They've got something to do with a food competition today that the winner has a chance to go compete at the World Food Championship in Dallas. And they say it's the premier food competition of America. That's a big deal. It it is because I I hear about it a lot. I don't pay attention, so I don't really know any details about it. But something going on today could potentially produce somebody that's going to be competing well, Rosie's, Rosie's got cousins coming through town. We visited the other night, and they plan their. They don't travel very much outside Louisiana, so it's just a cultural thing. But they they pick their journey by watching those Food Network shows <laughs> and finding the good restaurants. So they've had some really good meals along the way. So. You can get out to Chandler for the 31st annual Ostrich Festival happening today at the Tumbleweed Park. And if you're going into that area, you can uh, pass yourself by. Let's see. It is what they're calling a new take on Route 66, but it's actually on Gilbert Road. Mm. It's a big gopher on top of I a soon-coming <laughs> soon snack shack. We'll next have to, to add, add that to too. the uh, big Route 66 map when yeah. it becomes a uh, national trail. <laughs> next to Joe's Barbecue, you can go see the new rat on top of the building. Would, would you want to go eat <laughs> at a place that's got a big rat? <laughs> well, yeah, you can't say anything until we go try it. The rat or the barbecue? (laughs) Uh, Hey, hey, you know, I I was complaining last week because you keep cutting all the wildflower articles out of the paper before I get to see them. So I have a link for everybody to be able to find the wildflowers. It's visitarizona.com. They have the top six spots in in Arizona. And with this weather staying cool like this and more rain maybe, it's going to buy you a little time to go out and enjoy. And... 
if you're a weekend warrior, like your sister Katie, she's a warrior all the time, but uh, if you like weekend warrior kind of stuff, fightercountry.org is sponsoring the March of the Fallen. Really a great cause. It's a 4.5-mile ruck march. And it's um, to find out, just go to fightercountry.org. It's next weekend. So you have a whole week to get in shape to carry a rucksack for 4.5 miles. And it's in Verado. Do you know where okay. Verado is? I think that's ca- kind of between the Goodyear Buckeye uh, along I-10 stretch, oh, I think, is where that, that one. Find out all the details at fightercountry.org. Very good. Well, I thought I saw something that was going to lead to the beginning of the end of our staycation. Oh, no. What was it? The rise in popularity of the naycation. What is a naycation? You stay home, a you A naked going vacation. Oh. <laughs> Clothing optional getaway. We have places just like that in New River. Extra 100 pounds in your vehicle reduces your car's fuel economy by 2%. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's like that naked gardening thing. There's over 180 clubs, campgrounds, resorts to choose from between U.S., Canada, Mexico, and internationally. You can, uh, I won't give the number. <laughs> you can we do not, we do not sponsor yourself. or recommend. But unknowingly, Samuel Evans saved us, I think. How's that? By becoming the first person to get oh. treated with the new snake bite vaccine. And they had to give him this next one called, or, or this other one called, uh, page three. Uh, the, the cofab was the old one. And the new one now is antivite. And because anti-vipe? he had been treated with this cofab previously, 14 years ago when he got bit, it was causing a allergic reaction, which is known to do sometimes on repeat. So they had to switch him to this antivipe. And uh, I, I think... So twice the, in a lifetime, you tell me he's been bitten. Yeah. Does he play with snakes? <laughs> he was trying to move it off a hiking trail. Well, and there was a guy... Who, I think pop the, the, the popularity and coverage that this story has gotten has discouraged the naycation to the Arizona market. So I think... Well, you just wear, at least wear your boots. <laughs> <laughs> we protected our staycation here by... By the rattlesnake. And there was an uh, article also in the Republic today about um, about snake bite as well that had some interesting facts in it. We'll cover here. We're kind of running short on time. But I, I think we're going to stay ward off. Between cactus and rattlesnakes, I think we can keep the vacation craze out of Arizona. Well, we could talk to Sanderson <laughs> Ford about not sponsoring those. You know, you have to put monitor where our winners go, right? <laughs> which you can enter to win yeah, right now clothes. for Douglas, which is going to be our April staycation winner. I believe uh, that we draw on the 15th, so between now and next week will be your final deadline to enter to win your Sanderson Ford Arizona staycation. We were talking about Southern Arizona at the beginning of the segment. We'll cover Douglas will be the feature, and that area will be the feature of our travel Arizona topic in the month of April, along with all the other great staycation venues we have. It's rosieonthehouse.com slash travel AZ for your chance to win your Arizona staycation. Stay tuned.